Donner of Your Life podcast, a show all about movies, TV, and why we love entertainment. Episode number 28, we are almost at 30. I am one of your hosts, Doug Jones. With me, as always, are my three best co-hosts and three of my closest friends, starting with Mr. Nick Johnson. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing, Doug? I'm doing good, my friend. Happy to see my boys. Happy to be on the show with you guys, man. Another day, another dollar, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, next with us, as always, straight from Chicago, is Mr. Joel Kindlin. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Had a eventful day. I'm good, though. Yes, sir. Back on the back on the job. Working. Hopefully, soon to be working again. We'd love to hear that. Fact. Same. Getting another paycheck. Working nine to five, like the most of us. The good old nine to five. For now. For now. For now. You never know what happens in the future. Maybe I'll be homeless. Maybe I'll be rich. We'll see. Or, or, or in between, just getting on by like most of us. <laughs> Still working just, the nine to five. Regular yeah. ass dude. Regular ass dude, man. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with that, man. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing another wrong with Chicagoan that. hating everything on the loop. <laughs> True. True. That too. Last but oh, not least, yes. he's back, ladies and gentlemen, straight out of L.A. himself, is the one, the, the only, here. Mr. Moses Lai. Welcome back, sir. We missed you. Hey, it's great to be here, you know. Um, I'm, always, uh, I'm always happy to basically, you know, jump in on the show, you know, whenever, whenever I can. So, uh, you know, um, I'm looking forward to it and, uh, you know, glad to see everybody and I'm um, ready to go. Hell yeah, man. I'm glad you're back. And we're glad you all are here, too, Mara. No, right, not bad, right? I'm, I, I'm working, I'm working yeah. on my uh, little host. I'm working on my little yeah, intro. No, I, I, I heard uh, John Cena music <laughs> start playing when <laughs> you. <laughs> when you <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh my so, god! I listened to like literally like listened to like maybe eight different podcasts last week of like different people shows trying to get like a feel for things. I'm just like, okay, how do people like mm. how do they how do they structure certain things? You know, I was also Neil Nick's podcast too, and all the people's two podcasts. I like. Oh, I like seeing how people get introduced differently, or how do you start the show? And it was like kind of catching up. Like one guy, one show I listened to called Real Blend. They listen. They have, they're all they're all critics on different outlets. Like one's like two are like one's in Chicago, one's in uh, uh, um, Washington, the other one's in North Carolina. They all do kind of same thing. Like oh, we're so and so from this outlet, stuff like that. So it was just kind of just like learning that. Or a guy named Films at Home does kind of a bunch of like at home like film video, uh, home video stuff. He always introduces his guests as like. Um, home video enthusiast slash what they do for whatever for work I was kind of like learning to like okay how do you introduce this now? kind of it's kind of like the the five your own podcast or even Femi our buddy Femi has a podcast and he kind of like does like a, hey what's going on everybody he's very kind of just like very MTV Cribs like he's very kind of like yeah, bring it all in like hey well, I'm glad you joined us man very like a very serenade voice and I I call him the day actually I talk about talk about that like how he's a very he's a good very serenade kind of voice so we're on no NPR but you know it's 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 a work in progress, right? Um, <laughs> as always, hell guys. Yeah, hell yeah. You all are here to our devoted and lovely audience. Welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. Welcome to the show. As always, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform of choice. And we have a full audio show on our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Midway Avenue Productions. Whether on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast needs from. Um, hit that follow button, hit that like button, leave a review, leave a ring. Helps us out so much. You know, the the growth, of, you know, the growth we had this summer was been tr- remarkable. I want to thank all these boys on the show with me. You know, they've been amazing co-hosts, but also thank you all. You know, we've had 
you know, almost a year come this fall, we've been doing the show and the growth and love we felt from all you guys and the ongoing love and support, it really means a lot to us. And, you know, hitting that 10K we got um, in August was really remarkable. Again, the hard work that all these boys put in that we all put in together really kind of shows. But thank you for, you know, enjoying the show. Hope you're liking it more. Hope you're still liking it. Hope you're still tuning in every week. Again, we have a weekly show every week. Uh, again, if you're enjoying it, hit that follow, leave a review, leave a rating. Helps us out so much, guys. As always, guys, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Yeah, guys, you know it's it's so weird. Like you know, it's like you know when we when like me and Nick went to that stray screening. It's like we're sitting with the sitting in the press, sitting with the cr critics, and sitting with you know, me and other people, obviously. And then I went to some like random like I think ninja turtle screening a few few weeks ago you know a few months ago I mean, for like just for like through work whatever and i was, I was writing my little notebook my you know, crit, you know critic thoughts right and then some guy walked down next to me he goes uh-oh uh-oh ron tomatoes ron tomatoes and i was like shit i wish we were ron tomatoes man we're not there yet but we're getting there <laughs> but it's, uh. <laughs> it's just funny like you, you'll see like people like and I'm, I'm noticing not more people have like you know little notebooks but see hmm. you can't really write stuff though in a in a dark room like it's like all like gibberish or kind of like scribble scrabble yeah so I, I kind of waste like, take notes and pay attention to the movie too oh exactly like at the oppenheimer screen i went to the guy was like taking like for all notes all, all i heard was every few minutes whoosh, whoosh, page turtle whoosh, page turtle, whoosh, page oh, turtle. i'm like jesus bro this, this is a fucking exam like chill like it was every little yeah. thing uh. dude he like I, all i heard was it was one of those big notepads too he was like okay atomic bomb okay the, two, 20 minute mark i'm like dude i'm like jesus, jesus christ like, yeah stop watching too shit he might have he was taking like thorough thorough notes i was Jeez. like god damn but i know it's it's, it's, fun, it's the fun of doing it all but yeah i i like to wait till the end of the end of the movie you're on my phone too or we do our out of theater actions with nick and i or we'll just do it i'll do like a little notepad but like during the movie i just can't do it because it's too dark you're just like what am I even writing at this point? It's all like a foreign language, my own language I made up because it's like, I meant to say equalizer. That kind of says like chicken nuggets. You're just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense at all. So it's just like, you gotta wait to the end of the show and then the movie. But again, I digress. But speaking of which and movies and TV, obviously, uh, you know, Moses, you get, as always, you're in LA, you're closer to the action than we are. We're now, I think we're now four months going into Rider Strike and about two months going into the actors you know you're closer to the action than any of us what have you heard anything any updates going on any progress what have you heard from people that you've been working with is there anything that you know to note or is it you know same old same old um, i mean it's uh you know it's 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 kind of same old same old but people are uh you know getting a little tired um yeah. and everything um and you know and that's you know it is what it is right it's natural it's like you know, um, whenever you don't, whenever you don't have something that you don't, that, that you really, really want, but, um, you know, that somebody else is basically blocking that, you know, for you to basically get it and everything, you know, you start to get annoyed a little bit, you know, over time. So um, that's what's happening now and everything like that. People are starting to basically feel, feel the weight when it comes down to not just, you know, it's not just the writers and, um, you know, the actors and everything like that. It's, um, it's also the producers. You know, um, yeah. and um, yeah, so, you know, you start to feel that way. So, you know, I hope I hope, you know, by hoping by November, you know, um, and maybe even October, you know, because uh, I'm, you know, hopeful about that. You know, we'll have uh, we'll have something. But uh, November is uh, where it's looking right now and everything like that. Um, but 
Um, but yeah, you know, um, you have, you know, I think uh, David Zaslav and everything like that, the CEO of, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, Warner Discovery um, and everything, you know, he, he basically mentioned that he's going to lose, you know, a lot of money, you know, from the strike, you know, maybe these might be the wrong numbers or whatever, but over 500, you know, 500 mil or whatever, you know, uh, at the ballpark, that might be the wrong number or whatever. Correct me if, if I am, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you're starting to feel the weight, um, and everything. And, um, and yeah, you, you're starting to, you know, I hear, you know, little, uh, articles here, here and there about, you know, um, little chatter about how, you know, writers are, you know, having to take out loans to basically pay off their rent, things like that. And, you know, uh, how actors, uh, are basically doing the same thing here and there. So, you know, you, you have that pull, um, that is happening now and everything. And, um, and it's, you know, it's stretching, it's stressing a lot of people out. So, but, um, yeah, in time, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, we'll, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, the writers and the actors will definitely come down to, you know, um, making a deal that is, is, is good, you know, that is, that is great and, and, and the deal that they want. And, um, and, and yeah, yeah. So. You know, I, I think that I, I was reading, I was reading something the other day, an article, I forgot where, I think it was New York Times or something like that, where they were saying that the main thing that I think people are kind of like really upset about is, which you put it in perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, it kind of makes sense, was that, you know, last strike, again, this was, I don't know, like 10, 13 years ago. Yeah, no, no, no like, I, mean, I want to say 16 years ago, I mean, 2007, 2008. So way more than that, was that, you know, back then, it was different time. It was, there was cable network, cable television, and premium television, like HBO, Showtime, Star, stuff like that. And you had, obviously, the movie theater. You, you, you had going to the movies, going to see it in theaters. Obviously now, you know, things have definitely changed drastically since then, you know, with every streaming service now, like everyone has a streaming service, like literally everyone, like, you know, I'm surprised Redbox have a streaming service at this point, like everyone, their mom has a streaming service. And, you know, it's what I think what I was reading was that another writer, another writer I was hearing, he's part of the guild. He was saying this too. He was saying that what's pissing them off and pissing the like guilds off is that the main two, again, again quote unquote culprits, whatever I want to say, or not culprits, but like not that holding out or just the thing is like Silicon Valley has a big hold now on entertainment, whether it's Apple, Amazon. But again, if you look at that, Apple and Amazon have other, have other needs necessary. Apple's technology company. They sell iPhones, devices, computers, everything else. Um, Amazon is a conglomerate. Amazon has everything. Amazon prime is the biggest thing ever, you know, with delivery services and the ad partnering with whole foods, stuff like that. So they're not hurting as much because again, they, have other means necessary to a source of income. Like I said, what it's mentioned, Apple and iPhones and technology, Amazon Prime, and Amazon, Amazon Prime, everything. So it, the, the, uh, the writer was saying too, he was saying that, you know, he goes, he goes, Silicon Valley has had a huge impact on entertainment. And it's like, yeah, definitely. But again, I do think the first big streaming service obviously was Netflix and that kind of like, you know, paved the way. But I think Prime also got involved. I think Prime also got, you know, kind of went over that as well when they kind of like launched Amazon Prime Video, Amazon Original, stuff like that. But I think what I was reading is that the, a lot of like the, maybe the not anger, I would say maybe the frustration has now shifted towards these other companies, not so much. They're mad at like, again, they're still having, you know, debates with, you know, Warner Brothers and Paramount and, you know, Sony and, you know, what goes on on Universal, everything. 
but it seems like a lot of the focus has shifted to the Silicon Valley companies, Apple and Amazon. But I've been very, before the strikes, I was saying that I kind of give props to Apple and Amazon because Apple is doing something smart with their movies. Apple is partnering with a studio for their new movies like Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, this goes on and on. And then Amazon has, you know, after they acquired MGM, that's the thing too. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go back to that in a little bit. But I was saying, my thing was that Amazon, you know, was giving gave, gave Air a full theatrical theatrical release, which okay, cool, it's awesome. That's what you should do because those returns can go to your artists, can go to your can go to your you know your people that you're getting actors, writers, everything. But again, it's it's not a it's streaming has now become a thing. It's just like okay, we'll throw money at it. Let's make this two hundred million dollar show. Where's the return? But again, we went to all the po- other shows of the podcast this summer. It's it's going circle, but it just seems like a lot of it has shifted to what is Silicon Valley doing for the entertainment? How is it affecting us, the writers and actors? And I'm like, oh, he made a good point because again, it's it's again, it's two different worlds combining. But again, it's kind of how it's how it's going. And the way we brought this up, I'm going to ask you all you boys this too: is that there's a rumor, and I'm seeing this more and more and more. And the reason I bring this up too, because again, five, six years ago, six years ago, same thing. There was rumors Disney's buying Fox. Disney's buying Fox, and I was like, no way. And I think all of us were like, yeah, probably not going to happen. It's a too, too big of a sale. There's no way the government's going to allow that purchase. We'll see. A year later, Disney bought Fox, and I was like, oh, even I think I think it was with you and Nick actually, Moses. We were like, yeah. It's not. It's not really good. They'll own X Men and Fantastic Four, but they're gonna own a lot of stuff that we're not really a big, you know, not big, you know, pros on. So the rumor is going Disney and Bob Iger, the now back as CEO, is in a way prepping, is in a way prepping Disney to be sold and bought by Apple. Hmm. This to me. Nick, okay, your thoughts. Your thoughts first, and I think you know I had comments about this about Disney and Fox, obviously, multiple times. But I don't think, I don't think that's the best decision because, yeah, like I don't get like why. It could, like, what's, I mean, what's, what's the point of that? What's the purpose for that? It's, I don't, because Apple really has a lot of stock. I, obviously, Apple is one, it's, it's, one of the biggest companies. Go ahead, Moses. No, I was going to say because, you know, like, um, number, no, I, I don't, I'm not exactly too sure what, you know, Bob Iger's plan. I read, I read the article too as well and everything. Yeah. But, you know, like it's, 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 it's money, money talks. And when it talks, it, you know, it does whatever you want it to do and everything. And that's what Bob Iger wants it to, you know, wants to do is to make, you know, make, make, make money. And also, with Apple, with what they want, well, they want they want a la- library of everything, you know, That's and they, they can, you know, they can they they can do that, you know. Apple can literally snap their fingers like Thanos and mm. be like, "All right, Disney is ours now," you know, or snap their mm. fingers like Thanos and literally buy every single every single um, you know uh, studios in LA if they wanted to, because you know. All at the same time, because they are a trillion dollar company, you know, and they're the biggest company in the world. And, you know, they can they can do that. And, you know, with that, it, it you know, um, it, they, they, they basically, you know, 
have a library of stuff that they want um, in terms of like uh, owning things and everything like that. Uh, but another another note, I don't really, really know so much, but I do know is that they can do that. And if they wanted to, they would. That's why I'm hearing this uh, rumor about Bob Rucker preparing for that. And, you know, that's, that's you know, that, 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 might be, that might be true. I don't know. We'll never know. But, yeah, you know, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. No, no, absolutely. It's the, um, right, you make, make, you make, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was going to agree with Moses. I, I think that as a business stance, that's smart because you're growing your industry, you know? And it's not only, you know, if you, if you think about it, like Disney has its hand on everything. But when you look at, like, you know, when people think about Hulu, Fox, and all that, you also remember, like, shit, Disney owns that. So if Apple buys Disney, you know, you're going to remember, oh, yeah, Apple owns Disney now. And now they'll be in. If you think about it, that's a great marketing scheme because then they can put iPhones in like and like MacBooks and shit like that in so many movies and shows owned by Disney on Hulu, Fox. You know, it's honestly it's a like with these big industries that have so much money. It's just another way to make a lot more money and to, you know, advertise their stuff. And, you know, instead of like the iCarly, like pair phone, it's going to, you know, <laughs> you know, like on Disney shows, it's going to be like the iPhone, the MacBook, it, their logo will be in it. Why? Because they can afford it. And guess what? That's it's a good, you know, way to advertise, have little kids see it and then, you know, be like, oh, the newest modern day princess has an iPhone. I want an iPhone. You know, know how many little kids have iPads and iPhones? So they see their favorite character have one. That's a good way to make money. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's free product placement for them and everything. You can have, you can have iPhones now in Star Wars. Like, wait a second. What? Like, I remember it, it, it's, I will stop watching so Yeah, like, wait a second. Why does, why does Darth Vader have an Apple Watch now? Wait a sec. Wait a second. Or, yeah, why does Chewbacca a like yeah. A lightsaber turns into an iPhone, turns into a lightsaber and shit. Just, yeah. just, like, yeah, I forgot my lightsaber. Battery, batteries drained instantly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Here's what here's what thinks and I think this is what I've been saying I've been saying this for multiple multiple years with everything with you guys too is that what pisses what really pissed me off about the whole Disney buying Fox thing besides the point of how they kind of just like we can't put out mature content because it hurt our brand then why the fuck do you buy a studio in the first place but again I digress from that too the thing what pisses me off is that you have now really heard it so many good stories that you go ah we'll put it, we'll just put it on Hulu. And I'm like, that sucks, man. Because it there's a lot of things. Again, there's, there's like so I see all the time on Hulu coming soon. Like I see coming soon, 20th Century Studios. I'm like, okay, it's, okay, it's Disney. Where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? And at the end, coming soon to Hulu. And I'm like, y'all put out so many movies on Hulu. I, y- what the hell? Like you you bought Hulu, but then literally every other quote unquote original movie that you make under the 20th Century Studios, formerly 20th Century Fox banner straight to hulu straight to hulu and i'm really surprised that th- there's some movies that kind of that kind of squeak on by like barbarians one of them the menu is one of them uh taiko tt's next movie is gonna be also coming out in theaters in november and i'm like uh again go on and on pray um 
I'm thinking I was not okay. Again, I can go on and on about these movies because they also own Searchlight, which was the independent studio of Fox. I just don't understand. Like you had, you really again, you you're gonna you're kind of then diluting. You're like, oh, like we'll just put it on Hulu because yeah, you don't believe in it. And it's just like, man, like you, these are studio made movies going straight to VOD on Hulu. And yeah, yeah, you have Hulu for like you said, Moses, the library that came with it. Whether it was you know the Wu Tang show, you know, and go on, yeah, the Kardashian show, on and on and on and on. There's so much shows that that came with Hulu when they acquired it, obviously. But now it's just like, oh, we, we have an original idea straight to Hulu, and it's like you're not giving these things a chance. And I, I would hope if Apple were to do that, I would want Apple to a separate everything together. You can you can have Hulu originals. Not, I'm not saying you can't, but if you're making a studio movie, like a 20th Century Studios movie presents, and it goes at the end, it says streaming on Hulu September 21st, whatever. It's like why bother then? Because you have all these great movies. That I think that would be love to be seen by, you know, I think we're still. I think yes, I think we're still kind of the rut now of like post like you know Marvel and DC are still there, but we're still kind of like we're seeing the effects of like people are slowly checking out more and more until they have another big, you know, Endgame or No Way Home or Black Panther. I really do want to see again if this Apple thing does happen, if it happens, a big if it happens. I, my hope would be okay. You now you have all this stuff. Now you have everything that Disney owned and that Fox owned originally. It's kind of, again one, two, three. I would hope that Apple would really care about a theatrical. If you're gonna if you're gonna invest the way you're investing right now, your movies coming up next year, the year after. Stop making these these studio movies. Stop making these movies. Go straight to Hulu because you don't. Because that means you don't believe in it. And I think again. Also, think too. A lot of these straight to Hulu movies are rated R or dark PG thirteen, and it's like Disney goes now nah, Hulu. It's fine, but then it kind of gets lost in the sauce because I feel like when Fox was still Fox, they would put out P thirteen movies, rated R movies. You know, it, we were still again. El Royale is a perfect example. And I hate saying this, but it breaks my heart. That movie flopped. We also the movie. We loved it. The movie flopped hard, unfortunately. But that was that was being made today. 100% Disney go. We're putting on Hulu, and that sucks because that was a cool experience I had with you, you Moses, you Nick, and Malone. It was like, well, it was tense. Like, what's going to happen? What is this? Like, what's going on? That to me, I I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to be robbed by that experience of like, wow, it'd be cool to see. It. Again, I'm even IMAX or Dolby seeing in an actual theater. So my hope would be if Apple were to buy again, Apple were to buy Disney and all the and all its assets. That I would hope that Apple would definitely go back to, hey, we're gonna put out. Ten million dollar, twenty million, low lower budget original movies back in theaters, not be like fuck. We can put on Hulu. It is what it is. You'll see it on there. It's like you don't you don't believe in your brand then. You don't believe in your product. And my thing is that like then why'd you buy a studio that had a lot of lot to offer? Because you don't want you don't want, you don't want also like, I don't think you want one company owning everything. Because a there's no competition and that's bad for the entertainment industry that we're all in. And also b it's like you gotta you gotta support original ideas and stuff like that. And if you want to like be good with the theaters. You gotta start releasing more stuff in theaters, and not just straight to Hulu. Because again, you, you gotta believe in what you bought. If you, if, you, if you don't believe in what you bought, again, why the hell did you buy it? Like you, you have buyer's remorse. You're just like, eh, it's what it is. It's like, come on now. But again, that's kind of me on my on my soapbox. But it's a point I had recently. I'm like, if they're gonna buy, it, if they're gonna buy Disney, if it happens, just go back, to, separate Fox from Disney, make it its own thing. Believe in it. I want to see original stories again that Fox was putting out in theaters, then straight to Hulu. Because again, it, it dilutes like the theatrical experience of it all. But again, sorry for my little rant, but that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. But but you know, 
we'll see. I mean, Nick, how do you I mean, Nick, you and I obviously talked about this previously too, is that, you know, we want to see, I think you and I were still kind of like, we're still, all of us, I think for the most part, are like still kind of like, what's going to happen next with James Gunn or Marvel, or whatever. Do you want to see more original stuff in theaters? Or are you kind of like, I'm cool with it on streaming for the, for the most part? No, I want to see more original stuff in theaters because, like, I, I don't have a problem with streaming itself, but I feel like, you know, I kind of feel like, I would rather go to the movies than stream something at home because going to the movies, man, like it's like a whole experience and to have that grand experience and to see something original, something that it's like, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that was like really interesting, like really funny or like really scary or whatever the case may be. Like it just kind of makes the whole thing like that much better. Like streaming is cool. It's, it's more comfortable, but like, you know, I like kind of, I just like the vibe of the movies. You know what I mean? And I'm all about originality. Yeah. And that's yeah. I'm I'm really glad that we saw Strays in theater despite no one being in that theater but us um, yeah. at the at the press screening. But like, <laughs> I, just it was just fun being in the theater, like you know, like you and I cracking, laughing, making jokes, whatever, like laughing at it. Like that's again, another no topic is how the Universal Con is like, just, you know, cutting their legs off of their movies for after two weeks putting on VOD. It's a different different episode. But no, it's and it kind of worries me when the the creators coming out in a few weeks this big epic sci-fi movie that again they, no one can promote it except for the director but i'm telling you if that movie flops which i think it might unfortunately I'll, i'm hoping it's good too i'm hoping it's really good I, I love jw washington i love original sci-fi i love original storytelling but if that movie flops best believe disney's gonna be like oh we tried back to hulu back to everything on hulu mm-hmm. again it's like man just give it a uh, fucking chance oh yeah like, it's so, so sorry, Derek. I don't mean. No, go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was gonna say. I mean that that was that sci-fi. You know, when I when I watched the trailer and everything like that, I was like, man. You know that that is a good original sci-fi movie that I have not, you know, like seen. You know, exactly. And, exactly. and I hope people just go and you know watch that movie. Um, and it's it's gonna be hard for them to make money because of this strike. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, you know, if they thought about it, you know, like they could have pushed it back probably a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, like they could have pushed it to like even November, you know, True. Um, True. and everything, because no movies are out that, that month now, except the Marvels, you yeah. know, so it's like, you know, um, and, um, you know, and when you go watch the Marvels and what, you know. When you would basically go watch Marvels in November and everything like that, and also you have the creator, if it, let's say it's also out in November, you know, you will have, you know, you will see that the Marvel is playing, you will go watch that, and then also realize, wait a minute, there's also this other movie that's playing, you know, theaters called The Creator. I'm going to go check that out too as well, you know, because you're grabbing some hype mm-hmm. from the Marvel, from the Marvels and everything like that, and, and seeing that there is um, a movie that's also playing, you know, right next door. You know, um, like maybe the next day or something like that, and you might want to go watch it. But I don't know. So you know, I hope that they go and go and see it, and I hope that they, they don't just throw it off to, you know, um, Hulu and everything because it's not, you know, um, because it's like for me, man. Like as much as I love streaming, you know, um, I want to watch a movie less on streaming than on theaters. If you if somebody, mm-hmm. if, let's say Hulu or Warner Brothers decided to put, put out a movie, but it's going to be straight on Max instead, like, n- like, if I'm being real, I'm not going to probably watch that movie until like three weeks later, you know, mm-hmm. um, or whatever, mm-hmm. because it's like, there's no, I feel like there's no, like, as much as I think it, it might have value to all the creators that made the film and everything like that, 
you know, it's like it's it's, it's it sounds and it feels more valuable if it's out in the theater. That's that's to me. That's the theater is everything to me. It, it just sounds and feels more valuable, you know, um, because it's like you know you put it out there in the theater and somebody put the director, writer, actors put their heart and heart and soul into this thing and you're gonna go watch it and you're gonna go see what they created, you know. Uh, if you put it on to streaming, it's like, well, you know, you're going to feel like, well, the studios really wanted this, you know, and so they got the writer, director and everything like that to go do it. But mm-hmm. for for a movie that's on theaters, it's like, no, we had we had this person who's very passionate about the production design, who's very passionate about the direction of this movie, blah, 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 the writer, so on and so forth. We're going to make sure that it's out in theater. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, you know, like a theater to me screams out passion. Mm-hmm. It's like passion, mm-hmm. passion, passion, hard work. You know, it's like inspiration. You know, um, and in streaming, it's like, well, we just wanted to have another, you know, film in our in our library, so we went to streaming. You know, that's that that's what it sounds like to me. You know, as much as I, you know, uh, appreciate every single movie out there in the world. You mm-hmm. know? So, absolutely. No, you said it's spot on, Moses. You said it's it it's it shows passion, and you and then I think too is that you believe in your product too. You believe in your like you're believing like these movies, and again, I think you know again, despite the HBO Max day and day thing happened during COVID, I understand to a degree, but also when we got out of COVID, they should have been like, just kidding, we're putting the rest of the movies out on on theaters only now. That is what it is, but. I mean, yeah, you said it's 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 believing in it, and I really and again, man. Um, for example, this is that when Barbarian came out literally a year ago, this weekend, a year ago this weekend, I was like, man, because the marketing movie was weird because they were because Disney wasn't marketing as well, and I was like, interesting, why? And I saw saw, saw a poster for it randomly at Westgate in Glendale, and I was like, huh, what is that? Watch one trailer, but like, cool, I'm sold. They show me much, great, awesome. It came out. Came out during a weekend like this. There was nothing else coming out. It, it did. It did. Yeah, it did well because it was a low budget movie, and it made it made its budget back. And fo- Disney goes, oh, I flopped. It is what it is. It's like, well, no, because you didn't. A, you 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 refused to market it like any like any other your other movies. You, you you wouldn't you wouldn't if this was another Pixar movie. You would have marketed the hell out of this. So you would you would you would have believed in it if you put it out on theaters. You should have you should have believed in this movie and believed in what yeah. you were then because why'd you buy it then if you bought if you bought it from another company why'd you buy it like simple as that like if you didn't believe in it so to me just like i'm hoping with the creator that because again i've been seeing on like tiktoks and instagram or even on youtube whatever they are marketing the hell out of this movie as Ooh. they should because you don't have john david washington out there on jimmy fallon or kimmel or whatever promoting this movie or in doing press because he can't so you really got they really are promoting this movie very very hardly hard on every on every platform they have because they have to because they have this only choice. Again, I if this movie does well, I'll be so happy. If it doesn't do well, I really hope Disney takes a step back and say, you know what, this movie could have done better if we had our star our main star promoting this movie, doing the red carpet, doing the press junkets, instead of being like, oh, it flopped. It is what it is. No more stuff like this anymore. It's like you, you gotta you gotta lay out all the options. You gotta lay out all the options and be like, okay, here's what happened. This, this, and that. Okay, we should we shouldn't like be be so reactionary. And I think me and yeah. says last weekend too. Don't be so reactionary to things because that's very trendy for a lot of studios to do. Like, oh, oh wait, Deadpool worked. Was the same thing in Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy worked? Was, was the Guardians of the Galaxy our own version of it? It's like, no, don't be reactionary. You gotta believe in what you have, believe in your believe in your product, believe in your in your brand. Ooh. And just really just kind of like, hey, well, we we did this. This is our thing. It didn't work, it didn't work. 
don't be like, oh, see, this is it. We're done. We're done here. And I just, I do kind of miss the era of like pre maybe COVID when studios were taking risks because they want to take risks. They want to take risks. We're put this out there again. I think A twenty four is a big example of that. They, t- they take risks and it's a payoff. And I do think you you you, you, you said this a few a few episodes ago too, Miles. You said the budgets need, budgets need to be cut or scaled back a little bit so you can put out more movies like this and get get an audience in. And like you said too, if it came out during the Marvels same month as the Marvels, you would have got people going, "Oh, that looks pretty cool." Or show a quick you know teaser before the Marvels, like coming soon, the creator or whatever. Oh, yeah. give me a chance. I'll come back for that. You said it's spot on, my friend. It's you yeah. gotta really market that with other stuff. But if you don't market that, you're, you're telling me. Why should I go this? Because you, because you you're the company that made this movie. You don't believe it in yourself, so it's like, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll wait for it on Netflix. It's like, or Disney yeah. Plus or Hulu. It's like, come on, man. No, damn I mean, shame. I, I, I definitely you know agree with you and everything like that. Like I saw, you know, I, you know, in terms of comparison, you know, comparison, like I think the creator is over, you know, like in terms of the budget and everything like that is over like nine, maybe like nine, nine, nine ninety mil or whatever, you know. Let me see. I don't, I don't know. Let me, um, but, and, and then, you know, we got the Marvels and everything like that, you know, their budget is probably like over like, you know, um, 200, like to 200. Right. And, and, you know, you kind of, you kind of look at that budget and realize we can, and, and they, they still look like, you know, like the creator looks like completely, you know, great still with that kind of budget. looks, it looks amazing. You know what I mean? 80 mil, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and the creator still looks amazing. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. And it, it, you know, what's funny, that movie was shot on a, on a, you know, um, on a, on a Sony a, a, a FX3. It's like those like DSLR cameras. Oh yeah. And everything. That's what it was shot on the creator. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, they, you know, they had a cinematographer for, for I think, you, you know, you guys know the Batman and everything like that. That's yeah, Greg Frazier. Yeah, the cinematographer shot, you know, shot the creator and everything. So mm. it's like, if you can do it, if you can do it, if you can do the creator for 800 mil, you know, for 80 mil, you know, um, you can do the Marvel for, for 80 mil. You know what exactly. I mean? And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, put, you know, put your money where your mouth is and everything like that. Make the film and go on from there. You know, if the actor wants a lot of money or whatever, well, you know, not everybody's going to be happy and move on, move on from there, you know. Um, but, but yeah, man. Yeah. You know, just, just make, just make new stuff, you know, just make, make things that are, that are new and everything like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're going to, we're all going to be, going to be happy, you know, as much, as much as you think, you know, you're not going to make any money, you know. Again, yeah. look at both of you. You look at both of you boys, Nick and Moses. You guys have made two amazing short films. That if you want to watch it to our listeners, you can go to our link tree. Both are both amazing short films are under our link tree. I, I would highly expect these. These two are just amazing films. And both of you guys made for really low budget movies that look way better than some shit I've seen in the past couple of months. Like I'm in my bottom of my heart. Like you guys have both made stuff that look fantastic, truly fantastic. I, dude, Moses, I'm seeing I'm seeing the stills of your next film. You know, I can't wait. I'm just like, wow, this looks better than half the shit I see on TV. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, again, it looks better than The Flash. The Flash had a, oh, a so much budget movie, man. But I'm, thinking the, again, I'm praising these guys a lot because, again, you guys were, you guys had low budgets and you, you, you guys were able to focus more on the story and the, and the emotion and, you know, what you, what you were trying to say. Where I, I really hope that 
after these strikes, these studios and companies will go back to that. You know what? Are we we're gonna hire creators because they can tell a good story for I don't care if it's five dollar budget, hundred million dollar budget, fifty mil, twenty mil, ten mil, a sandwich. It's you know <laughs> maybe maybe more than a sandwich, but uh, maybe two. But I, I would hope you got, I would hope that there's a lesson to be learned from this is that stop making these budgets balloon ballooned up stop mm-hmm. spending so much money on marketing when you can spend that money on a paying your creators if you ask me so spending all this money on certain stuff you should you should put that marketing money into your creators into your vision so you so they can keep making movies like this that people will go out and see so i i just i i really do think that if again it's trusting your creators trusting your vision trusting hey this can be made for a low budget this can be doing that and i think you will see a lot of more returns again i think you will see a lot more returns if you really believe if you if you believe again if you build it they will come the quote full of dreams if you believe if you believe in what you're selling to an audience to a, general, to a mass audience they will come if you don't believe it people will sh- people will see that i.e the last few dc movies they don't believe in that shit. And guess what? No one went out and saw them. They all flopped mm-hmm. miserably. So mm-hmm. believe mm-hmm. in what you do. Trust your creators. Again, good thing, then good things will happen. I, I truly mean that. And again, I think it's the... I really hope we're going to see more good storytelling. Not just on streaming, but on the big screen. Because again, it's how people get discovered. It's how Tarantino got discovered. Ryan Cool got discovered. What's goes on and on. There's so many great things get discovered. But again, that's... My hope for the world, I know, that's my hope for, you know, the next few months, but yeah, again, yeah. trying to be optimistic, you know, in a, in a dark time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, but, true. I'm always optimistic about everything that has to do with, like, you know, uh, the films and, you know, uh, the studio studios and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so, man. All right, but anyway, so b- before we get into our next topic, I want to do my quick review of Equalizer 3, non-spoiler, oh, wow. of course. You too, Wayne. Hell if, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, you saw it too? Yeah. My friend, you are back in the show. You go first, my friend. I no, no spoilers. I no, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers, my friend. The floor is yours. No, I mean, I, I, you know, no spoilers. I'm going to be very, very quick, you know. Um, that movie was was it's 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 best out, out, out of you know the previous two this third it's 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 good man like oh, yeah. you know Denzel washington you know this guy you know he's <laughs> like i was watching i was watching i was sitting down watching some of the scenes and everything like that you know um like in particular i was sitting down and you know the way he just like you know like his performance man the way he just like acts it's like the camera's not even there you know it's like know. He's doing this shit, mm. like shit like right there in real time you know um you know the some of the things that he does and everything like that some of the reactions that he gives it's very subtle but it's like it's like you're not really like you know it, it's not like the dp you know press record and started rolling and everything like that and had you know then just start acting it's like mm-hmm. He's there, you know. The action was, was great, you know. Um, uh, it, it was, um, you know, it was very like suspenseful too as well, you know. Like, you know, it, it had your heart racing, you know. It had my heart racing a few times, you know, and everything. But you know, it's uh, it was it was a great movie, man. It was a great movie. It was it was it was it was it was great, you know. Um, yeah, that's probably one of my top, like you know, top. I don't know, like at least like top. 
top six, you know, top eight or something like that's a very odd number. But you know, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little unique for sure, but it's it's a solid <laughs> number nonetheless. It, 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 it works. Top five, you know, it's definitely my top five right now this year. You know, it's um, my top like two point five, I think. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> two point five. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> good yeah dude I, I felt the same way okay I, I i don't think I, i'm up there with you in a lot of ways i don't i don't think it's the best i think number one is still my favorite because i remember seeing that, seeing that in high school with joe and our other friend at the time and i was like fuck because it was like also i know those are my favorite actors of all time as as he's allowed for a lot of other people but it was kind of like oh shit this is a slow burn but like the action really, 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 really kind of just like takes hold of you. I think I felt that way with this one as well as the first one as well. I thought this one was a huge improvement over the second one. You know, I remember seeing two and I was like, oh, it was cool. I was like, I saw that, I love that first one so much. I got also a big Antoine Fuqua fan. And I was just like, yeah, it, it's cool. But I thought Pedro Pascal was kind of miscast in that last role. I think it it would have been cool to like you know, I did like the whole story between him and uh, the actor from Moonlight. Like that, 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 that part was very interesting to me. Like they're kind of like their body, a little bit of a mentor to him, trying to like get him out of like you know the hood mm. and the trap stuff like that. I wish I focused more on that as the entire story. That to me like more like a, like a father son kind of story. I would have been like, ooh, I'm into that. I think I a bit convoluted with like more of like the you know the espionage and then you know betrayal. This and that. So I was kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. Love the first one still. This one, I was like, okay, I'm looking forward to it. This is, this is the last one. It's the trilogy. It's Antoine Fuqua's trilogy. This is Denzel's trilogy. I was hearing good things about it. Same way, Moses, Matt. I walked in. I was like, the first scene, I was the first scene, I was like, God damn. Like, mm-hmm. something happens. And I was like, oh, my Lord. Because also, I think they turned up the brutal violence a lot more than this one, the last one, the first one. Because there's some shit that Denzel's doing. I was like dear this is a fucking massacre i was like jesus but <laughs> it, it was so effective i was like you know denzel was like a fucking you know you know what he was you know op whatever you know secret op you know he's a ghost whatever he's the fucking boogeyman in this movie because he the way he was taking out people i was like oh my god and Antoine Fuka has a good job i think him and his stunt team really do a good job of kind of capturing that like yeah you don't you cross this man you're done like you are done you, you don't have you don't have a fucking chance and it's, you know, I love John Wick so much. One of my favorite action franchises of all time. Uh, yeah, love a good, like, you know, The Raid, Redemption. I love, you know, thanks to Joe. I love, you know, stuff like Liam, Liam Neeson's older movies, too. But think about it, I think this movie, too, that works so effective is that the, the way that it's a slow burn, it's not, it's not action, 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 action. It's a slow burn. But when the action does happen, it's really effective because it, it takes, like I said, I, my heart was pounding, too, sometimes. I was like, Jesus, when it happens, it's effective and the way they use the score to like at their certain thing you're just like whoa like holy shit but yeah i was just like this is brutal like again that was all for that like this is brutal and i'm loving it i I will say though there was times where i thought the villain was kind of overacting too you know i mean Mm. the pitch the pitch of the movie basically denzel versus the mafia like come on sold sold right there like that, that would sell anybody if you ask me like Day one were there. I thought the villain sometimes kind of overacting. I was like, okay, again, the villain the villain wasn't as good as the first one. Definitely better than the second one. But 
but I like the story enough of you know Denzel, you know, kind of being abroad. You know, he's taking taking he's taking his you know life abroad. How's he how's he adapting to that lifestyle stuff like that? I love the whole Man on Fire reunion, Nick, between her, him and Denzel and uh, Dakota Fanning. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a Man on Fire fan, it's a nice reunion between Dakota Fanning and Denzel in this movie. It's a very it's oh, very yeah, earned. It's very movie. rewarding. It's my movie right there. It's very rewarding to that, but. And you know, for our next segment too, before I wrap this up, is like I think Antoine Fuqua and Denzel are just made for each other as actor directors. You know, whether it's this, um, whether it's Training Day, whether it's Max Max Seven, like they they know each other so well. And like you said too, um, Moses, the camera because they're rolling. It's just like Denzel is just so natural in this role, like his ability to like kind of just like portray everybody. He's a very good playing at the every every man everyday guy. Whether it was yeah. this, whether it's Flight, Man on Fire. Yeah, two guns, training day, everything. He's he can he can transform, and you believe every time he's playing someone differently. Or in this case, he's playing uh, Robert Robert McCall the third time. But really, Antoine Fuqua really kind of just like he makes this a very character driven movie, hundred percent. And the actions and consequences, you know, who am I? What do I do? But he because you root for him. Because again, I, I love John Wick. I love a lot of good action movies. But they kind of feel like oh they're they're invincible, and to a degree you kind of feel that way in in this movie too, in this in this in this trilogy as well. But what Denzel does really good as well as Antoine Fuqua is that they make it a very human story too. Of like he's just a very good dude, and if you cross him, he's the last person on the list to cross to cross his man because he will just disembowel you. Like he really will like <laughs> he will annihilate you. But like I said. I did have a problem with some of the villains, some of the kind of like the overacting in times with the villain, kind of the you know bad guy side. But what really sold me is that again, it's a really underrated trilogy of action. The action feels earned. The action feels grand, brutal, intense. Denzel is really giving his all in this role, even for a third movie. You can tell all the time that uh, the trilogy they're kind of phoning it in, but I, I do think he's re- he's really giving his all despite being his third time around playing this character. And like I said, I think Antoine Fuqua does a good job of kind of capturing who this character is, what he what he's capable of, as well as using good cinematography and good good score. Oh, nothing too. This is very nerdy. It's very kind of like inside baseball, inside baseball for us, you know, filmmakers and you know directors, writers, whatever. I was really glad they filmed on location, you know, green screen, y'all you know, all in Italy. But damn, every five seconds there was a fucking aerial shot or a stepping shot of Italy. Like they'll be talking, shot of Italy, talking, shot of Italy. Again. I bet Italy's gorgeous. I've never been. I heard it's beautiful, lovely. But damn, there's like literally an establishing shot every five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're man. in Italy. We're in Italy again. I was like, again, I love y'all for shooting, shooting location, less green screen. I'm all for it. But y'all need to cut some of these, cut some of these um, aerial shots out because it's so many shots are just like, can't guess where we are. Guess where we are, guys? Italy. Did you forget? We're in Italy still. Oh, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Crazy scene. Guess what? Still Italy. It's like, Again, I want to go to Italy on my list for sure one day to visit, but damn, the, the script must have said every exterior Italy scene, exterior Italy shot. <laughs> so, again, that's nitpicking to a degree. I know I am, but yeah, I loved it. Again, not as good as the first one, better than the second one. I would give it definitely an 8.5 8, 8. out of 10 for sure. I loved it. That, 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 my top 10 of the year, too, because I'm stuck for anything Denzel, anything Antoine Fuqua. But also, also, look, too, that movie, second best Labor Day Second best Labor Day box office too. You know why? Because people still love Denzel, and Denzel sells the box office. You you can go to a movie. I want to new Denzel. People will still show up. He's one of the last few. I think him, maybe Leo, probably Will Smith too. 
are the last few that can like really sell like maybe like okay the box office like I, maybe margot robbie now is one of those people too but we're kind of we're, we're not in the same era anymore of like the movie star bringing people to the box office but i think this box office proves how despite a strike going on despite him not promoting this movie at all Antoine Fuqua, God bless him, was on every outlet, Fox TV, NBC, CNBC, Yahoo News, everything, MySpace, Live, whatever, Google Hangouts. Like, he was literally on every every, pla- every platform to promote this movie, and good for him, man, because he's the only person that can promote this movie because of the strikes. But again, I, it was really, really cool to see that Denzel still has that pull years later to bring people to the box office. So again, hats off to both these, ju- these gentlemen and the studio for believing in this trilogy because it's to me, it's very cool to see this still to this day. Alrighty. So speaking of directors, I want to go around the room and ask all you guys this. You know, we're, again, as directors ourselves, writers ourselves too, we, you know, we love, a, we love a good director. We love a good, you know, writer, director, duo. But, you know, I feel like a lot of times too, you know, we love a Christopher Nolan. We love a Ryan Coogler. We love a Jordan Peele. We love a lot of, you know, good Greta Gerwig's. But, I think now is that those those are becoming more mainstream, more mainstream, more kind of just like you know commercially celebrated directors, you know, Tarantino, Scorsese. But what about people like kind of go under the radar? I've been I think about this last week too when we talked about our favorite Denzel and Fuga movies. I was thinking like you know what? There's a lot of good filmmakers that we that we love to watch. They have great movies for the most part, great great catalog, but they're not as talked about as much as other ones so nick i'm gonna start with you first who are some direct filmmakers that you just like love and you kind of just like wow they, they they deserve more attention or is more recognition for their work you know what i'm gonna uh first off zach's not i'm not even gonna lie but secondly i'm gonna Absolutely. say um josh trank the director of chronicle oh yeah because i feel you like can't. um like chronicle was a really interesting movie to me and it was it was really unique and creative so like when he came on the scene and and it was like oh he's gonna direct the fantastic four movie and like i was i was all excited for because i was like yeah i want to see like his style in in other uh movies and everything like that you know because again like it was really just it was just unique and different but then it was kind of it seemed like it was like some studio interference and then it kind of just like ended up like fucking up his career and now he's not it doesn't seem like he's really doing much of anything these days so it's like no like he kind of needs another chance, I feel like maybe. But also, um, yeah, Snyder. Um, I feel like I feel like he kind of gets unnecessary hate. Um, and like every time I watch Man of Steel and like Justice League and BVS, like I just don't see what the complaints are. You know what I mean? Because it's always like, oh, you. like you're always able to pick up like something different in the movie. Like every every time you watch the movie, like you learn like a little bit more about the movie. Like it's always a slightly different experience and like just starting with man of steel like you know he's like i'm gonna make a superman movie like there's never been one before and everything about it is still recognizable as like superman mythology but it's still done in a very unique and like fascinating way and you can tell like even though they might not focus on something like there's if you look at like image in the background or whatever like there's like everything there has like a story to it and like it has like a history and a mythology and everything like that and um you know bvs was just a really cool kind of exploration into you know kind of like the politics of superman existing but it was still you know it was still cool because it was like superman and batman and everything was just you know creative and you know justice league i i feel like a justice league is probably appreciated a lot more now since the uh just kind of because of 2017 one came out and because like that one was garbage and then after that we got the Zack snyder one that one just kind of 
I don't know. Like to me, it was just a lot better. So yeah, those are those are my two. So I'll ask you this question actually. I'll ask you two. If mm-hmm. stepping outside of the DC uh, cinematic universe that Snyder directed, what's what is what is what, what is your favorite non DC movie he directed? My favorite non DC movie he directed. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say Army of the Dead. That's a good one. That like that <laughs> one. Oh my! Like I, I loved every second That's of it, awesome. man. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I remember you and me, you and me and uh, Hamza and seen Hamza that because we were five, like, because yeah. we were like, fuck, no, fuck, seeing that voice. We're we're gonna watch this on the big screen, and I'm glad we did because again, that was a better experience that with you guys on the big screen than watching it at home on the TV. Again, it still would've been good regardless, but like that experience was cool seeing it with you guys. Yeah, see, like, again, it's, it's the whole experience, man. That's yes. what I'm talking about. But no, like Army of Army of the Dead, like that movie was fucking fantastic, man. Oh my god, like, I love that movie. For a two and a half hour movie, it has a really good pace to it too. Like he has a really good pace to that movie, where it's like I haven't I haven't seen it a one. I probably watch it because of you know spooky season, but yeah. it has a really good pace to that movie. Like the moment it, just, it, it starts it and it, it, it keeps going. Feel like two and a half hours. It it flew by. It flew. It flew by. And I really do think it's really impressive what he did that movie because it's like it's it's a spectacle, but like again, it's. It's it's really a filmmaker kind of going back to his roots of doing horror, you know, after Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that. It was just cool seeing him kind of do like a you know, spectacle of a zombie with this kind of mm-hmm. twist to it. Um, that movie's dope. That movie's super underrated. Um, okay, also, the question too. If you could see him direct any other genre, what would it be and why? Hmm. Hmm. Damn, that's a good one. Because I kind of feel like like, I I, f- I feel like he kind of only works in the genre that he's done. Like, I definitely could not see Snyder doing a comedy movie or, like, a romance movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a good question, though. Like, I don't know. Maybe a historical drama would be kind of interesting. I could see that. Or if, I would, like, would I'd love to see that. Kind of cool, yeah. I would love to see him do, like, honestly, like, a thriller. I mean, that was Army of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead. It's more definitely a more mm-hmm. horror-based, but, like, yeah. more like a kind of like David Fincher kind of thriller kind of thing, like a big spectacle thriller. Um, or okay. even a like, war kinda movie. Like, kind of like a Seven-type movie, huh? Yeah, like a Seven-type movie or kind of something like, you know, Gone Girl to agree, something like, something like yeah. fin- very Fincher-esque, very Fincher or Zodiac, yeah. something like that. Very Fincher-esque. Damn, that would be dope. Very like, Fincher-esque. Like if if he was gonna do like a straight, like just a straight sci-fi movie, like I I think it'd be interesting if he did like a Matrix movie. Yeah, well, better than the last one probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, like very big on spectacle and very like, yeah. you know, like you know, I, again, I will, I would still like, I think oh, I was like seem to do a war movie. Can What's you imagine up? if like they're like you know, if they were like, yo, let's let's do like a another like hella expensive movie about like a bible story and they get um they get snotted to direct that like the story of samson that would be dope oh not not uh not uh mel gibson <laughs> <laughs> nah just because like it would be, be interesting <laughs> to see like what 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 snotted would do with the story like that but nothing against mel gibson because honestly I, I i think i think passion of the christ is a, is a good movie i think it's solid 
Uh, Pokemon Gibson's a fucking crazy person. Um, he, he's but, pretty out there. Though. I ain't even gonna makes lie. Makes good movies. He's crazy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please don't kill me, Mel Gibson. Um, <laughs> I would really like to see him do like a war movie. Like, hmm. you know, a really cool war movie. A very something cool. Like, hey, like some like a really cool like. Trying to think of like really cool like, you know, I would think of like something like, not like, like I think the King's Man has some really cool war scenes like what Matthew Vaughn did. But I think you know mm. I, I would like I would say really something cool like a like a spectacle of what I mean. I guess you can count three hundred a war movie to a to a degree to yeah. a degree, but something and, kind of like you know, if, if you were to do like a remake of the Clash of the Titans movie. Yeah, something like that. I'd be dope, but like a Hercules movie, like an actually good live action Hercules movie, because the Dwayne Johnson one was kind of whack, and that Kellen Lutz one was <laughs> definitely whack. Bro, the Kellen Lutz one, bro. Oh, bro. that was insane, man. That we had two Hercules movies in the same year that were both kind of that were both ass. Bro, oh, like man. The, like the the Kellen Lutz one, it it looked kind of whack, and it was just kind of like surprisingly more whack than it looked. So I was like, okay, but it, it looked like it was gonna be ass anyway. The the Dwayne Johnson one, like bro, the hype over this movie was insane. They were like, like he's he's bigger, he's better. Like they were like, yeah, man, I'm eating like ten meals a day. Like it was like holy shit, like Dwayne Johnson's putting on like a hundred more pounds of muscle for this movie, and like the the fucking like set photos and just all of that shit. Like and like the trailers were dope, but the movie was just. God, it was just so bland. Yeah, so bland. Yeah, like, Did, didn't Brett Ratner do that one? Yeah, Brett Ratner fucking directed oh, yeah. it. And secondly, like, why the fuck would you get Brett Ratner to direct a Dwayne Johnson Hercules movie? Could, dude, imagine a Dwayne Johnson Hercules movie, but it's directed by Snyder. That would be fucking insane. Would have been better. Uh, it definitely would have been better. Brett Ratner? Was, Are you shitting yeah. me? That's no, terrible. Dude. That's you like mean, getting Joss Whedon to direct a Justice League movie. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fucking fired. Yeah, dude. That, what, do you, what do you do? What did Brent Ratner do like, before that, too? Let me see. Rush he Hour. Did. He did the Rush Hour movies. Right. No, no, no. And I'm about to say, like, what was his project before, right? Because he did Hercules? Oh, he did fucking Tower Heist. I love Tower Heist, actually. Oh, I forgot uh, that was him. Damn it. Damn it! But yeah, then he did that movie, and then he has not worked since because he had a, he got he got canceled, and rightfully so oh. because homeboy's <laughs> a, he's a creep. Homeboy was a, homeboy was a creep. But yeah, but what's funny that you've been out about Hercules, Joel? I do know the story too. When we started getting the more advanced screening passes, like when we were in high school, or whatever. Like you know, I have I mean, I tell Joel, what do you want to see? We see this movie, whatever, blah blah blah. I'm like, you want to see Hercules? And Joel, Joel goes, Joel, Joel's, his voice, Joel goes. Fuck no! <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, don't remember that, but like, I got tickets for us because we got IMAX. You want to see an IMAX? And Joel respectfully goes, "Fuck no, I don't want to see that." And I'm like, "All right, but fair enough." You remember that, Joe? Yeah, I remember that because <laughs> I saw the trailers and I was like, "God, fuck that!" And then like literally like a week later, or some shit, Doug came up to me and asked me. And I was like, "God, no!" And I was like, "Fuck no!" I was like, "No!" I was like, "Dude, no!" I was like, "This is gonna be horrible." Yeah, we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sit we're gonna sit this one out nah definitely not all right all right joe Sp- speaking of speaking of directors who's directors that you like that you like a lot you feel like aren't just like, underappreciated or not given the same respect in your opinion 
So while y'all were talking, I was looking up directors because I'm like, I'm not good with names nor remembering like who's who, you know what I mean? Fair enough. So, you know, I was like, you know, there's a lot of movies that I love from my male celebrity crush, Tom Hardy, that I feel like the directors don't really do much anymore or people really haven't watched those movies. So I looked into them and uh, I found two. Uh, the first one is going to be John Hillcoat. I like him. He's the one that did uh, Lawless. Uh, found Ooh. out he also did Triple Nine and The Road. Uh, I know a lot of people oh. don't remember The Road, but the Triple road, Nine wasn't good. really. That was. It really is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I like his because he. it's not just like, all right, action, you know, gun shooting everywhere. It's more like it, there's a surrealness to the to his films. You know, he makes them human like shit. They got, they got a lot of issues going on mm-hmm. even while like they're doing a lot of crazy shit. They still got like life, like keep going. And so there's a surrealness to it. So I really like that type of film, you know. Um, and then Nicholas Winding Refn. Refn. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. The oh, director God, for yeah. Drive, Only God Forgives Us, you know. Uh, Only God Forgives Us. Oh yeah, only God forgives. Uh, and then one of my all-time favorite movies, Bronson, fucking oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, so he did. He does just such, just such amazing movies, like writing-wise, cinematography, and then you just gotta love, like the way he he did uh, with like the lighting and just showing like you know, the people and the pain in their faces and just, you know, how in these movies he has his actors convey uh, their emotions. And obviously, you know, we love Drive. You know, Mm -hmm. that movie's amazing. (laughs) Huge. So, you know, they're they're older now. You know, I I, uh, was it Uh, John Hillcoach is like 63. And Nicholas Nicholas is... uh, He's fifty-three, uh, I think. They're in they're they're in their fifties and sixties. Uh so you know, it's obvious, you know, why you don't really see them do movies too much now, but I also feel like some of these movies that me and you love, like, they're not recognized, you know. Like people might know about them but they don't really watch them. So I decided to point them out and say like I really like their uh because they, they do they did such amazing movies even if it's not big list of movies they do have ones that truly stand out mm-hmm. oh definitely and i think to your point too is like there's different difference between a household name director like a christopher nolan like now like a jordan peele now or martin scorsese mm-hmm. or tarantino like those two guys you just mentioned because again if you ask any of our again I do think I do a thing with like people I talk to like either at work or outside of work. Like, do you know who this person is? Who? It's like okay, my point. My point exactly. <laughs> like, I talked talk, talk, talk to someone like David Ayer and someone said who, and I was like David Ayer. It says is, is that BMX guy? I'm like no, the filmmaker. <laughs> I'm like, that's a filmmaker. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Or someone asked like, oh David Ayer is, is is he like is he like a was he an author? I'm like no, he's a he's a he's a writer and director. And he's like, who? And I'm like oh, okay, never mind. But like, but right. But if I said, oh, you know, Marcel says he is. Yeah, of course. You know, who Tarantino is. Yeah, of course. Oh, do you know who this person is? 
Of course, I, I I think Edgar Wright's coming can, is starting to become more of like a household name because I, I know my mm-hmm. my dad knows about him. Obviously, I know people people like oh yeah, fucking love, oh child of the dead, I love Edgar Wright. So it's just like the, there's there's a litmus test of like you can ask certain people who are not like connected as the we are to the movies that other people are like you know this person is who it's like okay never mind never mind and then again there's household name directors and there's people who are not, who are not appreciated or forgot or forgotten about sometimes that's kind of thing you know you you could be at top of your type like got josh trank josh trank was top of his game with chronicle and then mm-hmm. he got fucked by the studio with fantastic four and they made a movie called capone that heard was god-awful and it's like damn man could have could have been a talent man could have been a talent and then you just kind of just you kind of just like you had one you were kind of a one-hit wonder unfortunately and that and again the business is cutthroat you know it, it will swallow you up and chew you chew you out swallow you up and throw you out because you know it's it's cutthroat sometimes, unfortunately, and that's the, that's the business. But I don't know, man. It's again, it's, it's the game. And, you know, you gotta you gotta, you gotta make your mark. And I feel like again, that director jail ain't no joke. You make one bad stinker, you in director jail for a long time until you come out like a Neil Blomkamp who did, you know, Chappie's oh, first damn. movie, first movie eight years was Gran Turismo, and he did he did modestly well. But again, man, he was in director jail for eight years and lost all his other projects, yeah, like an alien he, movie. He was on top for a little bit, man. Like District yep. Nine, at least when the chapter mm-hmm. came out, back it was back. game over, bro. It was yeah, done. facts. And I, Chappie received a lot more hate than it really should have. Yeah. Honestly, like I can understand that people aren't like you know loving of it as much as I am. You know, where it's just like, oh, it's such an amazing movie. But like, I felt like it wasn't a bad movie. It, at all i feel like it was you know it's worth a watch and an entertaining movie you know where it's like you know it's not really much towards like the movie itself with like the 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 creativity idea of it and everything so his uh so you know his such a how can you say this him taking such a big hit for his career over a movie that overall is just entertaining i feel like that really sucks you know it's unfair eight-year jail man he had an eight-year director jail because of chappie and that's again one i'm gay man the audience audience and again the studios knows too obviously you you have one big stinker they won't forget don't forget about that Again, unless you're like a Scorsese or a Tarantino, you know, someone's really established. But if you're an upcoming director and you make one stinker and you're kind of like you're a new career, they don't forget. They do not forget. Yeah. And 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 that shows multiple times. You know, you make one movie, you're just like, well, shit. But again, it's 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 the biz. All right, Moses, my friend, director himself. Who are some films that you kind of like, love, and think is or think are under underrated, not appreciated, in your opinion? Um, there's, I mean, there's, um, there's two directors and everything I, that, that come to mind, um, a little bit, um, and, uh, um, of course, you know, like, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure if Barry Jenkins is like a household name, you know, um, now or whatever, but, um, you know, he did direct it, you know, two of my favorite movies and everything. And, um. You know, uh, I don't I mean, he's going to direct, of course, The Lion King, too, you mm-hmm. know, and everything. But, you know, I think I I, I love his movies, you know, um, you know, like um, like it, it, it's very much like, you know, um, like, uh, I, I don't know, you know, uh, his films are, are, are very like they, they tangle, they tangle you, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you care about, you know, their, their, you know, it's characters that he creates and everything like that very instantly, you know, in his films. And, um, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 other than the Lion King, I'm, I'm excited to see what he has, you know, next office, office play. You know, I feel like after the Lion King, you know, you might be considered, you know, like a household name or whatever. You know, I consider him like an amazing director, like an outstanding yes. director. Um, you know, and, um, and, and, and yeah, you know, um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's also, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Corey, Corey, uh, uh, Yoji, he directed, uh, No Time to Die. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah, uh, dude, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think, you know, I, I want to see more of his films and everything like that. Um, because, you know, he, he also, he also, uh, you know, directed, uh, the movie, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Beast of No, uh, Beast of No Nation and everything. That was his movie. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He also directed that too as well. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, he was also the writer of it, but like mostly, like I want to see this movies more because of, you know, Beast of the Nation and also, you know, uh, No Time to Die because those are great films, and um, and yeah, you know, those are the only you know um, filmmakers that I you know that I want to see. But yeah, there, you guys mentioned you know like filmmakers that are like kind of like you know like thrown out the window because of their bad film that they basically put out and everything like that you know one, one person that comes to mind it wasn't really a bad film but she got bad reputation from other people that were you know talking stuff about like her stuff that she might have did on set maybe i don't really know but chloe zhao you know she did nomadland and you know, of course oh, Eternal. yeah um, but um you know i thought she was going to be like you know like you know close to like greta gerwig type you know type in terms of like hype and everything like that but you know, um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So true. That's right. Eternals came out, and Eternals wasn't my cup of tea. I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think it was like, yeah. oh, it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, we, I, we've seen we've seen way worse movies. Like, no, no, that to me again, it's. So begin the show. It's reactionary. The, the industry is very reactionary sometimes. You mm-hmm. have one movie. You have one bad movie. They go, "You're done. You're fin- you're finished." It's like, come on, man. It's like you gotta let people redeem. Again, people have baddies of the office. You know, not every, not every movie could be a, a winner. It could be you know ten out of ten. It's it's hard. You know, you get you you all have made movies too. Like we, we, we you know we worked on projects before. It's making a movie is tough. Making a movie is hard. It's a lot of work, and you know it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of thing going on. A lot of moving parts. You yeah. know. Yeah. One bad movie that should not define your career, define like your kind of stance at Hollywood. You know why? Because we're de- again, if you're making like stinkers left and right, I'd be like, all right, man, stop fucking around, or stop fucking around, man, man or woman, like stop fucking around, because like you know, yeah, you can't, you can't, costing us money, man. This is our wallets we're talking about here. So I, I get it. Like if you're like some like really stinkers, like think, it's like, go ahead. I think I think when it comes down to that and everything like that, I think is that you know you should not. You should not go from making a, you know, um, uh, you know, a a five a five a five million dollar movie to making mm-hmm. a two hundred dollar film, mm-hmm. two hundred million dollar film. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you do that, oh boy, oh boy, 
you know uh, like I, I think I think what you should do is literally make you know films with higher budgets that the studios can maybe like you know agree with you and first one the five million dollar one is like a 99 and everybody loves it and make makes more than what it was worth or whatever that's amazing that's great you know now you can make another one let's say for like 30 mil or mm-hmm. whatever and it makes more than what the budget was given and everything like that and you go on from there you know i think i think that's a better way of doing things than going yeah. ahead and making a 200 250 hundred whatever gazillion dollar film basically and um and everybody you know not 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 liking it because that that right there that right there is 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 you know that that right there will, will cause you know your career to basically you know go down in a drain hopefully not but that that will that will that will do that and um mm-hmm. the only way to pick it back pick you pick it back up and everything like that is to do all over again you know go back to the two million dollar film and everything like that and keep going from there until somebody else decides decides you know to to uh, give you another shot at at a, another 30, 30 million dollar budget film you know so you were- you, honestly, Moses, thank you for bringing that up. Actually, it's a great point. You know what? You came to mind too is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson came to mm. mind, and, and here's and here's why. He made The Brothers Bloom, and a few of the movies before that, and then he did Looper. And Looper is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Looper is a fantastic movie. However, however, for a a sci-fi movie that was only a thirty million dollar budget movie, thirty mil. That's a very, very low budget movie for a sci-fi for a sci-fi movie like that with Bruce Willis, who was still, you know, at the time still healthy and obviously, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who really is who's kind of hot at the moment at, at the time as well as well as Emily Blum's on the rise too. You had, you know, that was a very modestly budgeted movie. When they said he's doing Star Wars as well, I was like, again, who? And I was like, oh, oh, guy did Looper. Okay, that, that, that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I was like, okay. He did pretty. He did pretty good. But again, Looper is a very low budget, very more practical esque sci fi movie than a Star Wars is obviously. Star Wars back in the day was, was a lot of practical too. When George Lucas had it, you know, in seventies and eighties, obviously. But I was like, oh, he's doing he's doing Star Wars. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. And I thought you guys before. I mean, Joe has a conversation as well too. Is that he was not ready to do Star Wars. He was already do Star Wars. He, I, I think he's a great. Again, I love Knives Out, Knives Out Two. Yeah, not a huge fan of, but I love Looper. I love Knives Out. You know, he's a lot of good movies that he's made. That I'm like, oh, these are these are really good. But he was the wrong guy to do, to do um, Star Wars Episode Eight. Again, there, there, there's some, there's some redeeming qualities of that movie. Don't get me wrong. There's some like cool, like the Red Room fight's pretty cool. Obviously, um, you know, it's. I like the scene between Phasma and and Finn, but with that said, I'll skip too. Ryan Johnson also did some Breaking Bad episodes, which are the best of the series. I'm just like, whoa, he did those too. But again, he I don't think he was experienced enough the way J.J. Abrams was with Mission Impossible, Star Trek, um, Super Eight, Star Trek, Boom, Star Wars. Like he was prepared for that. He you he came off TV, television, independent movies. And a very low sci-fi movie, you weren't you weren't ready for you weren't ready for the big leagues kid with Star Wars. And so, so the same thing. I mean, Josh Trank 
similar situation. I think he made a superhero movie that was very, and also very low budget. I would maybe get made one more movie first and then do Fantastic Four. But Ryan Johnson, I think, knew. I think he was out of his league, and I think he knew that too. I mean, look, 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 I mean, look how divisive Star Wars Episode Eight is. It's one of the most divisive movies ever made, ever existed. Yeah. So, I feel right. like Go I feel ahead. like Johnson either it either should have been Johnson does seven, eight, and nine, or mm-hmm. Abrams does seven, eight, and nine, because it kind of mm-hmm. felt like Abrams did his movie, and then Johnson was low key trying to undo what Abrams did, and then Abrams mm-hmm. had to come back and kind of undo what Johnson did, and st- and then kind of tell the story that he wanted to tell. I think different directors is kind of the the reason why it just was so like like fucked up because also it seemed like y'all kind of were just making movies but you you didn't really plan an ending it seems like y'all were just making it up as you go along and that's that was like the biggest mistake so again like it either should have been like one director for all three movies or the other director for all three movies or at mm -hmm. the very least just like know where you want the story to end I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, um, so we also have to remember that production and fans do come into play sometimes during downfalls of movies, even though they'll never admit it, production especially, you know, because the thing about, uh, you know, fan uh, about people is that they'll see a movie and they don't like it, you know, um, or uh They'll, they'll tell others, and that's surprising. Some people don't even see the movie from you know word to mouth, and then some people just watch a trailer and they don't want they don't want to see a movie, and then they'll tell other people like oh it, it's just a shit movie this and that without even fully seeing it you know, um, yes, and then and then you know and then you gotta think about like like and then you gotta think about like you know the Justice League movie production came in and. St- stepped in and you know didn't let the real you know the real film come out and and like uh suicide squad and other films like they want to step in they'll be like ah we know better we think better and then you know the movie will flop but the director takes a hit yeah no that's also very true as well very true as well i do think i I believe this too i think a lot of good filmmakers that if they were giving if they were given more if they were given maybe longer time like again if, if Ron Johnson did another movie like like Moses said too like if he did a movie that was 60 mil 40 mil 30 mil too whatever after Looper and they did Star Wars I'd be like uh, okay yeah sure I can I can see it like again look at Denis Villeneuve but he did low budget movies low budget movies Prisoners 30 million dollar budget movie 40 very low budget Sicario also very low budget too Arrival was also very modestly budget to a degree and then with my heart my, my beloved later on 2049 that i love so with my heart was a huge budget but again no one no one saw it because it was still the era of like where's the action at and the movies a very slow burn as well a very slow burn with a lot of like more kind of like beautiful shots and you know very noir filmed but no one was like it was like where the action at where the action at it's like well there's action you gotta give it time but no one wanted to see that and I look at Dune. He's the perfect guy to do Dune. 
as he was for Blade Runner 2049 as well. You got to give people their time first. And like, oh, he's the next, he's the next big guy. Let's do, let's, let's get him. Let's get, let's do the thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Again, it's thinking about it earlier. Reactionary, reactionary. Oh, this kid's the next big thing. Let's give him the movie. And then it flops. Like, oh, it failed. And that's your, to your point too, Joe, a lot of interference, a lot of kind of just like a lot of pressure, obviously. It happens for sure. But there are a lot of filmmakers, I feel like, that are very just like, they're not experienced set. But again, like I said, I do think that, also, Nick, you make a good point, too, about Star, Star Wars. There was no plan to begin with. There was no plan to begin with. And like I said, too, multiple times on this podcast, Kathleen Kennedy is very reactionary to everything that happens. Oh, it didn't work? They're fired. Oh, it didn't work? You're fired. It's like, chill, chill, chill. Trust your filmmakers. Don't interfere as much, because she interferes with everything, that, everything that's made with Star Wars, obviously. It's, you should have, Star, Trek, Star Wars should have had a plan, for sure. One, two, three. Had a plan. Let's map it out. Let's, let's pull Kevin Feige. Let's map it out. We'll have a one, two, three. Obviously, Force Awakens came out. Oh, let's do it. People hated for it. People hate. People hated. People loved uh, episode eight. People hated. People loved episode nine. It was just kind of like it was so reactionary. It was just like Jesus. You should, don't react to all this stuff, stuff. But again, you gotta give filmmakers their time to really kind of like be comfortable with their style of filmmaking, and to Moses' point, be comfortable with that feeling of able to manage a big budget movie like Chloe Zhao. Like you said too, Moses. You can't go off of a $5 million Hulu movie, Nomadland, and do this $200 million plus ensemble, uh, you know, epic for Marvel. That's a lot of pressure. And again, it didn't do well, but I don't blame her as much because that's a lot, that's a lot to like, you know, take on for a, for a newer director. It, it, it definitely is. That's why I kind of like Edgar Wright, like Edgar Wright kind of sneaks in his wheelhouse of these movies. I was kind of like budget, like, hey, this is my budget, this is my budget, this is my budget. There it is. Or like, I think Jordan Peele now is showing that he can do bigger budget movies. Like again, he proved it with uh, proved it with Get Out. Budget got higher for us. He got bigger for Nope. And I assume the next movie probably be even bigger because he's now establishing himself as Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig from Lady Bird, Little Woman. Now it's a Barbie, the, the biggest movie in, now, now in WB's W Warner Brothers history. You gotta give people their time to really kind of become the right filmmaker. So. Again, it's trusting your filmmaker, but also don't rush into anything. Don't give someone again. You, we all want to get, we all want to get experience too on filmmaking and you know, and any, anything in entertainment, writing or whatever. But you can't force a good thing because it has to happen naturally as well. And time has to, if you grow into that role as well. That's how I kind of believe it as well. Um, with that said, the two I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth a little bit too. But my she went from for an honorable mention because me and Joe saw him at the Straight Outta Compton screening back in you know 10 years ago whatever f gary gray to me is a very underrated director hmm. uh, i think he makes some yeah, this, quick honorable mention i think trader compton friday uh the italian job which is a great remake if you ask me um i mean this goes on and on i think f gary gray f8 which again i don't love as much but i still have fun with it f gary gray to me really kind of like shows like wow like how much of a director you, you, you can become by starting off with a really low budget movie starring a hot, hot comedian at the time and a hot rapper at the time with Friday, and then work your way up to A Trade Out of Compton, but then Fast and Furious. And what I heard too also is that the studio interfered with Men in Black movie too, that he was just like, yeah, this shit was ass. And like he, he admitted, like, this, this is not my movie. Like, the studio interfered with his Men in Black movie because, again. Yeah, that shit was pretty garbage, man. Shit was garbage, bro. And I was like, Yep. And I was like, wow, I love Tessa Thompson. I love Chris Hemsworth. I love Get Gary Gray. What in the fuck was that? What in the fuck? I, me, I was like, this movie is trash. Mm-hmm. Trash. 
But again, there's a lot of movies where I'm like, wow, every day did like set it off. The negotiator list goes on and on. I mean, really get Italian job. I watched it the first time Netflix a month ago. It's only those dwell. I, this movie's 20 years old. I slept on this movie. This movie's fucking awesome. But, or be cool is a good one. Law by Citizen. Uh, the, the Italian job. Oh, yeah, you really With did. Mark Wahlberg, Edward Norton, Mo's Dev, Jason Statham, Charlie Theron, Seth Green. It's a great movie. I was watching it, and I was like, wow, shame on me. I slept on this movie huge. But, again, Shrek Com is one of my favorite biopics, my favorite movies of the past 10 years, too. I love that movie so much. I think it's very underrated. Again, a quick honorable mention. The two I'm going to go with is also, again, I'm going to go with David Ayer. And the reason why I think I, I absolutely get also you get, you remember, he's a guy who wrote Turning Day as well. I think he's a great writer. I think he knows characters really well. Um, if you haven't seen End of Watch, it's a remarkable and low, like no budget movie, literally no budget. There was no budget for that movie whatsoever. But the way he's able to capture street violence, LAPD, which is a very for being one of the most, you know, violent, one of the most corrupt, one of the most dangerous, you know, law, law enforcement units in the world it's within the country but it shows act two actually good cops kind of like protecting doing their job and what they have to go through and the brotherhood between jake gyllenhaal and michael pena is beautiful it's a very beautiful it's a really beautiful story but it's all it was again coming out during the mockumentary thing when we saw it with chronicle again we saw it with paranormal activity we saw it with mm. project x it was that kind of era of like it was coming back it was coming back and it was working and then they fucking milked that shit and it was like god this is dead again but it it was working to agree, but he's really good at making characters very kind of like relatable, also kind of like showing like their emotion and showing rage as well. Like he can show people from happy, sad, confused, happy, sad, angry, rageful, everything, confused. This goes on and on. I love the movie so much. Also stuff like, you know, Fury. Fury is a really good war movie because it's about survival and it's about, you know, because I think there's also a veteran vet, vet himself, you know, grew up in the streets of LA as well. He knows how to really make stories about just kind of like, you know, people as units and bonded stuff like that and um again you go back again train day again it was a script that he said that that everyone loved and it was kind of finding the right person i think Antoine fuqua directed that the hell of that movie to a degree but that script is very very it's, it's, remar- it's, it's a remarkable script you ask me again denzel makes it what it is as ethan hawk but there's that movie just to me is just it's just awesome so again as it's the last on the last episode too if you watch the interview with him and john berthal you know that he again he was coming off of win with fury everyone loved fury and then so that's why he's doing it like everyone was like involved it was like again it was a good process it was all you know rehearsal everyone was into it same thing it was like and the studio took it away from him because how guardians of galaxy and how deadpool did and how poorly bvs did with the critics and the box office again reactionary there's a there's a, there's a pattern here if you heard from this episode there's a pattern there's a trend here reactionary 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 so that to me, I hope he, I hope, yeah, I hope he has a good comeback. You know, cause I think me, me and Joseph all the time too. I think Bright's a very underrated movie too. I think Bright came out. People are like, oh, he's got to do Suicide Squad, man. Fuck this dude. And so I got to give it a chance. And I think Bright has its flaws. Don't get me wrong, it's the flaws, but it's a very original movie. And I think too that he also works really well with kind of like grounded storytelling with also big spectacle, like a Snyder, if you ask me. And you know, it's. It's sad that Bright didn't do as well on Netflix, unfortunately. But again, I hope there's an audience for it down the road. I hope Air has kind of good comeback with the next movie as well as get them giving him the option to, you know, uh, release his air cut. So, number two. Number one to me against Antoine Fuqua. No, no, actually, no. I have two more, actually. Sorry, I'm going to rambling. Two is Antoine Fuqua, real quick. Antoine Fuqua, because he makes 
remarkable movies, great action movies that I feel like no one talks about really. Again, so again, you know it's Equalizer because of Denzel. You know it's Training because of Denzel and Ethan Hawke. But like the filmmaker, Fuqua is just remarkable. Stuff like Training Day, stuff like um, Mag 7, stuff like Southpaw. He really makes these amazing movies about characters and larger-than-life situations and, you know, redemption, revenge, uh, you know, deep, you know, like, what, what, what are you willing to do to make sure you get back, like, like, like a shooter, like, you know, I did me dirty, I'm going to prove you wrong. Southpaw, my wife was killed in front of me. How do I make a comeback and be better than ever? Max 7, he made a cool Western when Westerns were dead. Like, no one make a Western. He made it with like, an ensemble, cra- ensemble cast, a great cast, and a great spectacle. And he made, it really, he made it a really cool Western that we haven't seen in a long time or ever, if you ask me. So that's number two is for Antoine Fuqua. Number one to me is my favorite filmmakers of all time, Richard Linklater. Linklater to me is a remarkable director because he makes such grounded stories that you can relate to no matter who you are or where you are in the world, whether it's Days and Confuse, Everybody Wants Them, Boyhood, um, the Before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight Trilogy. He makes these beautiful human stories that I feel like are very lost nowadays in filmmaking. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great filmmakers that make stories about, you know, uh, you know, cert- certain, you know, points in your life. I think Linklater really makes stories about, like, any points of life, whether you're in high school, like Days, you're in college, everybody wants some. Growing up as a, you know, growing up, it's boyhood, really. And, you know, or, you know, how complicated love can be. We all know how complicated love can be, obviously. And, you know, the before, tri- the before trilogy really kind of shows of, like, wow, like, this is, like, no, errors in different people's life. You love, you know, you might love, you can love someone, but do you really love them? Is it still, is love still there? How do you know? And, I don't know, I think, oh, again, or adolescence, School of Rock. Again, people get to School of Rock, which is one of the best Jack Black movies ever made. You know, it's, he, the, he, he knows comedy very well. But he really knows he knows human emotion, human connection, and telling stories that are really relatable, really grounded. I feel like people kind of like want people want to see that a lot because it's like, oh yeah, I, I can be this person. Why, why I watch these confused? I see myself in this person, or everybody wants them. I see myself in that person, or boyhood. I see myself as a boy growing up, obviously. So it's it's really cool to see stories that is like a, he, that he can that you can relate to and that are very grounded. Also, I think the guy just—he also again beat the odds of Hollywood, where he hated living in Los Angeles. He hated being in Hollywood, but he was able to make his own. He was a self-made guy out of Austin, and he's still Austin to this day. His company is out there. He's still making all his movies out of Austin. He's—he knows that, like again, it's. I think to me, because of COVID and everything too, but you know what he did was very kind of like inspirational to a lot of us because he was able to make his own way by being himself in his hometown. And also kind of like, yes, cool, Hollywood, New York is where you got to be, but not necessarily. Sometimes you can, you know, do your own thing. I think that now we're seeing because of post-COVID, too, is that you can make a lot of great things from your phone, from your MacBook or whatever. So I think dude's inspiration to me. You know, I love all his movies, love all his scripts. So to me, I, number one to me, his most underrated director, director is Richard Linklater. And I can't wait to see his new movie, Hitman. I heard, really, heard it premiered really good at the Venice Film Festival. Can't wait to see it. Again, big sucker for his movies. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. But Joe, should we still do our one on ones? I think that's too many recommendations tonight. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think I think we'll be good. You know, people yeah. could just look up the directors we said. <laughs> you know, like watch, check out their movies. I think that'll be a good idea. <laughs> All right, my friend, uh, take us home. All right. Well, then, uh, before uh, I log us out, how about uh, we all, you know, plug ourselves first? Um, how about you, Nick? 
So you can find me on YouTube at Donning Vision, that's capital D, capital V, and on Instagram at all lowercase Donning Vision and anywhere uh, that you can find uh, podcasts. Uh, Moses? Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on IG, um, you know, on, uh, you know, at Moses, uh, Moses Lowy, um, underscore, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not really on it as much, but you can also find me on, on threads a little bit, you know, I'm on there here and there sometimes, um, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, same thing, Moses Lowy underscore. All right, Doug. Actually, Moses, where can they find uh, your uh, behind the scenes of your next movie? Um, uh, I mean, uh, it's gonna be on. Uh, you know, um, uh, there's a there's also like a you know link to my Instagram, uh, and it's um it's also uh, as the day goes by, um, film on IG too as well. You can find behind the scenes there and everything and updates to. Uh, festivals, premieres, and and everything in that nature. So, um, yeah. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, guys, you can, you can find me, as always, on Instagram at TheYoungJones. Um, I also am on t- Twitter, or now it's called X. I still call it Twitter. Um, at Capri underscore S-O-N. You can find the show uh, at Midway Avenue Productions, both on Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to do more TikToks. Got to get the more more following, more sh- more viewers for the show, and our YouTube page obviously is youtube.com backslash maybe we have any productions, and we have a website that's still kind of under construction. I'm still kind of editing it here and there, which is midwayavenueproductions.com. You can find all our information, you know, our quick little bio, stuff like that. So follow us over there. All right, and uh, you guys can you know find me on twitch.tv at the OG Cuban Rican. Uh, I'm streaming as much as I can. Started streaming Starfield that came out a few days ago. Uh, a few other games will be coming out this month, so I'll be streaming those as well. Uh, and please do like, follow us on any of the uh, podcast uh, sites and apps that uh, you are listening to us on and do not be afraid to leave a comment on our Instagram because we would love to know your thoughts and feelings about our show or what we said and everything um, alright well thank you guys so much guys and girls and women and men and people in general uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on our verbal journey through our thoughts, opinions, views, and uh, crazy ramblings uh, of uh, our passion and love for film, actors, directors, TV, and the entertainment industry in general. Hope you join us again for our next episode. Please uh, have a safe day, evening, afternoon, night. Love you, hug somebody, and uh, yeah, deuces.